John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. This is the High Gain Podcast. Happy Mother's Day, Ed. Oh, thanks, John. Yeah. Where are we recording from, John? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington. Yep. The whole family is outside right now, playing around in the backyard. And we are in basements. Both of us. Nice. Yep. In our little West Seattle bunkers. How's the tunnel coming from your side? I did, in the basement, put a floor in yesterday in Claire's room. She wanted that laminate kind of flooring. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. And now my legs are killing me. That'll do it. My ass is a little sore. The sore ass. You know about that? I know about the sore ass. Oh, sure. Guy like you. What do we talk about here at the High Gain Podcast, John? Oh, we talk about guitars, Ed. Yeah, that's cool. Skinny ones, fat ones. It doesn't matter. Hit a chord for me. Whoa. <laughs> Do something else. So you name the file when we start recording. So I kind of get a clue. Yes. And this one is Rezo. Yes. I think even if I didn't have the clue of Rezo in the name, that's pretty clearly a resonator. Is that a pog? Yes. Look at Ed calling his shots. Yeah. God damn. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Beverages. Beverages. So a resonator guitar, was that it? Did you have something else going on there? The 1981 Inventions DRV pedal? 
that is a beautiful pairing for my beverage today, which is from our good friends at Orca Beverages. Tell me. I got a new grape soda. N-U grape. N-U. You like those, right? I do like those. Does it have a slogan? A flavor you can't forget. Do you believe that that is the case? I have not had one of these. I think you've had the grape. The grape is pretty good. Try it. Let me know if you think it is indeed unforgettable. We're late era Gen X, and it tastes like childhood to me. It tastes <laughs> like old timey grape soda that I would have had like 45 years ago. Back when parents would just shove a can of soda in your face. Sure, but this is like carbonated water and cane sugar. Second ingredient, cane sugar. All the good stuff. Big corn? Nope. No big corn? Nope. What about you? What do you got? I have an Orca beverage as well. Oh. I have a original Bulldog root beer. Oh, great. Unleash the taste. Do it. Unleash it into your mouth hole. Yeah, that taste just unleashed itself. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. I finally followed up with our good friend Jan at Orca Beverage. No kidding. They are doing well. They're running at some sort of capacity. So you don't have to worry about not having your Orca. Jan seemed to indicate that everything is thumbs up. Oh, good. I can't wait until this all ends. And I think the first thing we should do is drive up to Orca Beverages. I think so. Maybe we're in a lull from these terrible pandemic times. I could see from here on out, every time I go into a store wearing a mask for like... For a while. Potentially the rest of my life. Could be. The rest of my life, John. Yes. For 20 plus years, I have commuted an hour each way to work on a bus, nuts to butts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> packed. Packed. Fucking Packed. I'm just saying that yearly cold or the flu, like, yeah, it's almost always probably from some fucking bus. Totally. I think public transit is awesome and you should support it. Yes. However, maybe wear a mask. Maybe don't be an a-hole. Maybe don't get on the bus when you're sick. Yep. For the tech sector, which I kind of do, I could see just not going back to work, like working from home forever. I think that it's really interesting that it took a pandemic for so many tech companies to actually walk their talk. Exactly. Like, huh, I make the software that allows people to work from anywhere, but my company doesn't want me to work from anywhere. Totally. But now, no choice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Plus, the man is a fucking dickhole. Yeah. You know? The man can eat it. The man would love it if you were chained to your couch at home. Yes. 18 hours a day. The man is not looking after Ed Peterson. No. You know, John Kilteka, you think he likes the man? Nope. Not into it. Do you remember George Beecham? I remember the name. He was a vaudeville performer and a violinist and a steel guitarist and all of that stuff. He's come up on the show, though. Yeah, because he's got a lot of patents around what were considered the first electric guitars. Okay. Our man, George Beecham. Oh. 1899 to 1941, and I think you will remember how our man George went. Not a plane crash. No. Nope. He wasn't the cool guy that went out on a boat. He is. He's that guy? 
<laughs> Heart attack while deep sea fishing off the coast of California. Yeah. See, I pay attention sometimes. Yeah. How about that? Old George Beecham. There are a non-trivial amount of guitar luthier guys who've died in plane crashes. Uh-huh. And then deep sea fishing. That one sticks out. <laughs> there you go. Cool. In his vaudeville days in the 20s, he wanted his guitar to be louder. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be heard above the din of the vaudevilles. Pre-bangers in the guitar. Pre-bangers, yep. Okay. Near his home in Los Angeles, there's another guy. I think you will remember him too. John Dopiera. Dopey. Dopey. I remember this guy. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. 1893 to 1988. Pretty good. He was a Slovakian who had 10 brothers. Big family. Whoa. At the same time, Beecham is wondering how to make stuff louder. Old Dopey is repairing violins and he's doing banjo design and he's fucking around with how to make guitars louder. Sure. So Beecham and Dopey get together. And they do this tricone design. Okay. If you take a plastic bowl and turn it upside down and bang on it, it's pretty loud, right? Sure. Because it's this chamber that amplifies sound. Right. Put a bridge on it that has strings going across it. And when you pluck those strings, the sound is amplified. Yeah. So if it's amplified with one of those upside down bowls, yeah. three would be good. Three's got to be better. I don't know why you don't hear resonator guitars with pog pedals more often. I don't know why that's not just a thing. Well, you know, that's how we do here. Lay a little more of that on me. Yeah? Yeah, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's pretty good. So Beecham says to Dopey, hey, let's start a company and see if we can perfect this technology. So they got together and they went into business under the name National. And the upside down bowls, they called them cones. Right. Uh, they called the technology Resophonic Sound. Such a good name. Resophonic. You could buy a national guitar yeah. featuring Resophonic technology. <laughs> Resophonic. I'm sure there are some people that were like, hey, get me one of those national guitars and other people that just called them Resophonics. Who knows? Sure. That was in 1928 that they founded that. And the first models were the Tricones. They made about 50 of those a day. All right. Not bad. And then it went sideways, Ed. Oh, no. What happened? George was like, hey, we should do one with just a single cone on it instead of three. It'll be cheaper to make. Sure. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Sure. And then George took the patent on that. <laughs> George just kind of took that. Dopey came up with the three cone design? Yeah. Being a partner with someone, it's a pretty brutal thing when you can't trust the other person. Because that seems pretty backstabby. Totally. He had to be working on that behind Dopey's back. And there were cultural problems as well. Yeah? Apparently, Dopey, he liked physical exercise and health. He ate right, and he kind of worked hard, and he was just like upstanding citizen guy. Yeah. And George. Okay. George liked him, the drinking and the smoking and the women and the cars and the exorbitant expenses. Oh. So not only has he taken the patent behind Dopey's back, but he's not the kind of person maybe Dopey likes anyway. Huh. I bet he was fun to hang out with. Old George. Yeah. You know, he has that heart attack at 41 years old. So he's probably out there just fucking partying. 
deep sea fishing, stealing money from his partners. Yeah. Love it. So in 29, Dopey quits. Fuck this guy. I'm done. Most of this technology is mine anyway. I'll just make my own goddamn resonators, and I'll call them Dobros. They were in partnership at National, though, right? Yes. So they joint-owned National. Yes. Okay. He leaves, and with his brothers, the Dopey Bros, Mm -hmm. they start Dobro. Which is one of those portmanteaus, Ed. I know you love them. Yeah, the dough for Dopiera and the bro for brothers. Uh, they were bros like way before that was a thing. Yeah, but you know, George is not taking this shit lying down. Oh, what do you mean? Now the dough bros are in direct competition with what they were doing with the national instruments. Okay. So George is going around telling people, hey man, those Dobros are pieces of shit, and Dopey is a douchebag, <laughs> and you don't want anything to do with them. Trust me. <laughs> Stick with us over here at National. You don't want the Dobro stuff. Allegedly, Beecham <laughs> yes. was a bit of a womanizer and liked to party and spend money. Yes. I think we've been a little fast and loose. This is all allegedly. Right. Well documented, and yet still allegedly. So all this bad-mouthing leads, of course, to the courts. The bad-mouthing you've been doing? <laughs> uh, Beecham gets sued by Dopey. Oh, see? This is what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. Okay. Dopey says, hey, Judge, Beecham is bad-mouthing me all over the place. I can't make a living with my Dobros. Okay. And Beecham says, they were my Dobros anyway over at National... Who wins, it? Beecham. No. Dopey wins. Clearly, whoever the worst person is, that's the one that probably wins. Not in this case. Not in this case. Great. So, as part of the judgment, Mm -hmm. guess what Dopey gets? The patent? He gets national. Oh, cool. As you might imagine, one of the first things he does is fires Beecham. Sure. (laughs) Yes. And then a second of the first things he does is moves the whole thing out of Los Angeles to Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's not like L.A. party boy guy. They moved to Chicago and call it National Dobro. Okay. This is 1936. Sure. Great long history of building instruments in Chicago. There's probably a certain skill set that it takes to be a luthier in general. Right. But the resonator side of it doesn't feel like that is in the core skill set. Yeah, I think you need machinists, guys that know how to spin aluminum discs and all of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, with it being three, like, I don't know how they're joined together and stuff. Are there little metal connector plates? That is exactly right. Oh, yeah. Imagine they're connected with three sticks. Yeah. And then where those sticks connect, that's where the bridge is. That's where the strings go over. Oh. So when you play it, the whole thing vibrates. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's how it works. Weird. So they're almost like floating inside there? That's right. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that doesn't feel like a core luthier skill to me. No, maybe not. But I get your point. Yeah. So they make a bunch of resophonics until World War II. Okay. They have to cease production Metal. The aluminum is needed, yeah. They actually ended up making scale model airplanes to train pilots with. Like in Top Gun, you know, there's that scene with Tom Cruise in Top Gun where they do the dogfights and they hold the little models with sticks of the planes. I'm sitting over here moving my hands, you know. You know that scene? Yeah. That's sick. They made Top Gun models? Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what they did for the war effort. I love it. 
once World War II ends, that's it. They're done. National? Yeah. Those are the last instruments they ever made. So as you can imagine, they became, over time, super rare and hard to find. And then they experienced a kind of resurgence in the 60s and 70s. Everybody's looking around in the attic for one of these things. But when they can find them, they're older from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and they're in shitty condition. So that means there's room in the world for people that know how to work on metal and have luthier skills to refurbish and repair these things. But Dobro continued because Dobro is still around. Gibson owns the Dobro brand now. Yeah, yeah. But Dobro, as the same company it was in the 40s, no, they were done. Okay. Yeah. So there's two guys. One of them is named Don Young. The other one is called McGregor Gaines. Wait, who are these guys? I'm going to tell you who these guys are. (laughs) So we've spun off of the (laughs) National Dobro. We didn't spin off. 1942, they're done. They are no more. Okay, the clapper comes in and snaps, smash cut, two new guys. Well, it's not exactly smash cut because I told you in the ensuing years, these instruments became popular and hard to find, and mostly they were in disrepair and needed people to work on them. I'm over here making a jack-off motion. Do you remember me saying that even? I mean, sure, but you know. Okay, two new guys, young and... What's the other dude's name? Don and McGregor. Don and McGregor. They knew a lot about these instruments. They were helping people find them, repair them. They became kind of the go-to guys such that they thought, hey, let's resurrect this shit. So they did, Ed. Okay. 1989, they start the National Resophonic Guitar Company. Okay. And that's what I hold in my hands today, Ed. Amazing. We got there. Yeah. They specialized in reproductions as well as new designs. Okay. Speaking of which, this is an R1, Resoelectric. I'm looking at pictures of this guitar. Yeah. It's fucking sick. It's pretty sick. Oh my God. This thing is cool. Here's where it gets really interesting. Old Don and McGregor over there at National Resophonic Guitars in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Or as we're fond of saying, St. Louis Episcopal. Yes, I love it over there. (laughs) They're doing reproductions and they're filling a lot of orders. Everybody wants one and can't find an original one and can't afford an original one. Yeah. So in 1990, they think, you know what? There has never been an electric resophonic guitar. Yes. Let's do that. Yes. So that's what they do. The first run of them, they only made 200. And I have one in my hand right here. Oh, my God. One of 200 resoelectrics, they call them. <sighs> The first gen R1 is a lipstick pickup in the neck. Oh, cool. But there's something I'm not telling you, Ed. Uh Uh-oh. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. Okay. I'm very into this guitar. So here's the lipstick pickup in the neck. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
that bridge that touches the bars that attach to the cone yeah. has a piezo pickup in it. The guitar has a volume knob and a blend knob, so you can blend between the lipstick and the piezo. I love it. Pretty cool, huh? I'm very into this guitar. It's a way to get a resophonic guitar without it being primarily acoustic. All of this is in a solid body form factor. Oh, it's solid body? Yeah, except for where the upside down bowl is, where the cone is. On the front, you see the decorative round cover? Yeah. There's one on the back, too. So when you play it without it being plugged in, it projects out the back and the top. That's what all the little decorative holes are for to let the sound out. I don't have it plugged in right now. Okay. You can totally play it not plugged in. How fancy is this guitar? I can't see a picture of the one you're playing, so I have no idea what it looks like. This one is aged ivory color, like you know when Olympic white gets yellowed? Yeah. And it has a tortoiseshell pickguard. Okay. Matching headstock. I am pretty into this thing. Yes. This isn't what I thought you were playing at all. What did you say about the pickup selector? It's not a selector, it's a blend knob. Is it just a single blend, or like, what is it? A volume knob and a blend knob. Weird. How's that? I just did some old-timey. I'm into the old-timey like that. Isn't that something, Ed? Man. The resophonic technology lives on with the newfangled electric twist. Very cool. How come we haven't done one of these before? They're made in St. Louis Obispo, Episcopal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> made in California. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder what their turnaround time is. They're not easy to make. Yeah. The ones you're looking at that are the more acoustic ones. Yeah. You have to know how to weld. Yeah, that's what I was saying even with the earlier ones. It's like the core skills of a luthier, plus you need to be a machinist-y guy. Yeah. Weird double skill set kind of thing. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, that guitar uh-huh. with a nice 1921 New Grape Soda from our friends over at Orca Beverages, perfect pairing. It's perfect. Perfect pairing, John. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? Impeccable. We had some fun calling people in this week. Upcoming viewers is going to be a periodic new segment we have invented called Meet the Viewer. Yeah. Where we talk to you, the viewer. Sure. So if you, the viewer, would like to talk to us, send us a DM or something and let us know. We'd love it. Yeah. We are locked in our West Seattle basements. Yeah. With nothing to do but hang out with cool people. So, you know, call in. It'll be fun. Uh, until you do that, there's plenty of places to go, so don't panic. Right. You can go to thehighgain.com and just look around at past episodes and look at cool pictures and, and all our beverages. Sure. Yeah. You could go to Twitter. Twitter is always a good one for up-to-the-minute updates. 
we're not super up to the minute on Twitter, but you know, we're okay. Instagram. Instagram at the high gain. Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. All the socials go there and fill up. Made any new cool Pinterest boards? Uh, I updated some beverages. Oh, okay, good. You should maybe make a resonator for, for me. I'll do that. I'll call my mom up and figure out how to work Pinterest. <laughs> how to work. I'm not a 70-year-old woman, so I don't know how Pinterest works. <laughs> But, you know, I think you did a great job today. I think you did a great job today. Oh, thank you. Okay, later. Bye.